Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Summit Church Online. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Whether you're joining by Facebook or YouTube or on our website at YourSummitChurch.com, we're glad you're with us today. My name is Connor Mason. I'm a pastor on staff here at Summit Church, and I have the privilege of bringing the message today. If you're new with us today or you're a, a frequent watcher, we have a number on the screen coming up right now that you can text into to help you get better connected with our church. A pastor on staff would love to talk with you today, whether you're making a decision to follow Christ, if you're new with us today, if you just have some questions about our church, we would love to talk with you today. So you can text that number that's on the screen right now. So thankful that you're joining us today. So today we're going to continue in our series, The Greatest Comeback. Last week, Pastor David uh, began this series. It was a powerful time on Easter Sunday. We had 15 salvations. Uh, we have four baptisms uh, happening today that we're going to show footage of next week. We're so excited to share this with you. And it's going to just be a, an awesome time in God's presence again today. And so this morning, we're going to read our opening text. I have three scriptures this morning before we get into our message. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do this morning. Let's read uh, these scriptures. The first is in Psalm chapter 130 in verse 5. This is what it says. Read along with me. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in His word, I put my hope. In his word, I put my hope. Then in Psalms chapter 119, verse 81, it says, My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. I hope in your word. Then in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in what? In hope. So today... The title of the message is Get Your Hopes Up for a Comeback. Get your hopes up for a comeback. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. We are so thankful for your word. We're so thankful, Father, that it remains. Father, after everything, all the opinions of the world, everything that's shifting in the world right now, we can stand upon your word. We can set our hope uh, as an anchor in you, Father God. We are so thankful that the grass may wither, the flower may fade, but your word remains forever. And today we ask that you would plant that word in our heart, that it would bring forth fruit in due season. We're so thankful. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. So we look at these opening scriptures, and our whole title today is Get Your Hopes Up for a Comeback. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in His word I put my hope. Again, in Psalm 119, I hope in your word. And then in Romans 15, may the God of hope allow us to abound in hope by His Spirit. So if we're going to talk about hope this morning, we need to define what hope means. Hope is simply this. It's the belief that things can change. It's the belief that things can change. When you are hoping for something, you are believing that something can change. You are believing that the good's going to come out of something. You're believing that the expectation that you have set upon something is going to come to fruition. Now, growing up, especially we, we're in West Texas here, um, there is a, a phrase that we say quite often, and I'm sure it's prevalent in other parts of the world as well, but I heard this a ton growing up. I heard this phrase right here. I'm sure you, you've already thought of it. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Now, 
I've always been a dreamer. I've always been somebody who had big vision. I'm always somebody who sees the potential in something and wants to maximize that potential. I set great expectation in my life. And, and, and the people that I surround myself with, they are people like this as well. But with, with being a person like this, with having great expectation, sometimes you encounter people that say to you, hey, now I know you've got big dreams and I know you've got big vision, but don't get your hopes up. I mean, we've never seen anything happen like that here, so you probably shouldn't get your hopes up for that. Uh, usually not how it works, so you probably shouldn't get your hopes up for that. When I hear this phrase, um, there's just something that is being bred into me, I guess, that I just kick against that. I've just naturally always have done it, and now that I've become a follower of Jesus Christ, whom your hope should be set in, He is the only one that really has the, He's the hope of the world. Now that I have my hope set in Him, it's even worse. And so, when I, when I heard that statement, don't get your hopes up, I could see how people frame a viewpoint of the world, whereas we don't dream, or we don't believe, that things can change. Now, you may be saying to yourself today, well, Connor, you don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand what I've had to overcome. You don't understand the mistakes I've made. You don't understand uh, the diagnosis that I've just gotten. You don't understand what financial shape I'm in. All of these different things that make me believe that there's no hope anymore. Why would I believe things can change? My life has told me differently. Why would I believe things can change? I've been through situations that have set me back. And now I don't, I don't see light at the end of the tunnel anymore. There's no hope for me. I would say to you, read these scriptures. Because this is what I've come to know and understand in my life. Although the world around me is moving, although the diagnosis may not have been what you wanted to hear, in God there is always hope. See, what's so awesome about the scriptures we read this morning, it doesn't say I put my hope in myself. I don't put my hope in my abilities. I don't put my hope in my, uh, in my intellect. I don't put my hope in the things that I can do in my giftings, but I, hope, I put my hope in God's Word. I put my hope in what it is He can do. There's something that has to happen in the mind of a believer or somebody that wants to believe for a comeback through Jesus Christ that we have to shift the paradigm in our mind. Many of us, we have been set on this course, especially if your life has been riddled with many setbacks, that we become conditioned to have a, a, a pity party for ourselves at any moment's notice because of different circumstances that have happened to us. And, and I would say this, if you find yourself doing that, isolating yourself, having a pity party for yourself, I'm telling you, Nobody wants to be a part of that. And the only people that show up to a pity party, as uh, the, the pastor Jensen Franklin says, is most of the time the devil shows up. Because when we get into a place where hope has been dashed in our lives and we're not leaning upon God anymore, but we're leaning uh, into isolation and we're secluding and, and, and getting back and, and getting in the dark and we don't want to be around people because they just don't understand and we're having a pity party for ourselves. That is what the enemy wants you to do. That's what he's hoping you're going to do. Because when we seclude ourselves 
and we draw away from people who could be building us up and we pull away from our relationship with God and we may begin to compromise, we begin to have a perspective shift and now we're focused on the wrong things and our vision is blinded to everything that God wants to do. When we're hurting, especially is when this happens as well. If your heart has been broken, if you put your faith in something that, that you were really hoping for and then that falls to the ground, it's really hard to see clearly when we're hurting. You, you take, for instance, the walk to Emmaus. When, when they're walking on the road to Emmaus, uh, the two disciples, Cleopas and the other one is not named, the one's walking with Jesus, and they don't even see that it's Him. The Bible says that their vision was taken away from them because it's hard to see when we're hurting. It's hard to see clearly what God's wanting to do when all we can see is a setback. But I'm telling you today, you can get your hopes up for a comeback because we serve a God that's more than enough. I know that hope deferred, as Proverbs says in thir chapter 13 of Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I know also that we serve a God that is full of hope, that the hope that has been deferred in your life can be shifted in a moment if you will begin to encounter God in a real way. And I'm telling you, He's waiting on you to encounter Him today. Get your hopes up for a comeback. There are so many stories in the Bible that let us know that our setback does not have to be the final verdict in our life. I love this quote from last week's message. Your setback is a setup for your comeback. Your setback is a setup for your comeback. Joseph, favor was put on him. Joseph in the Bible, favor was put on him at an early age. His brothers didn't like it. Those surrounding him didn't like it. And Joseph had favor set on his life, not only from God, but his earthly father. Now, when his brothers saw this, they didn't like this. And so they, they dug a pit, they put him in the pit, and they ended up selling him into slavery. Now, Joseph could have seen this situation as a setback. How in the world could this happen to me? I had dreams of God using me. I, I, I had favor from my father. And all of these things were happening in Joseph's life. And then jealousy from his brothers snatches away the purpose of God seemingly from his life. But if you begin to read further into the story, you will see that as time went on, God was just setting him up step by step to allow his setback to be a setup for his comeback. Now, are we seeing our situation that way? Are you seeing the diagnosis that way? Are you seeing maybe the relationship that was just busted up this way? Are you seeing your children's lives this way? Are you seeing that family member's life this way that you've been praying for and hoping and believing that they would come to know God and they haven't yet? Let me tell you something. Setbacks are no thing for our God because our God is the king of the comeback. In every situation in your life, you can look at it right now and just count the days down saying, God, I know you're just setting me up for a comeback. If, if we put our faith and our hope and our trust in Him, the, the possibilities are endless. The possibilities are endless in our God. Your setback is a setup for your comeback. So how many of y'all like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And at one time, this... Uh, delectable candy was the most sold candy in the entire world. Now Snickers is on top, which is okay. I love Snickers too. But today we're going to be talking about the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup story, how it came to be, and how this setback was a setup for a comeback. So Reese's Peanut Butter Cups used to be the most popular candy in the world, the most sold. And 
This was a perfect recipe. It finds its most prominent ingredient from the heart of its creator, H.B. Reese. Harry Reese was not original, not an original confectioner. In fact, the very trade that would one day become his legacy was the same trade that devastated his life. Reese worked for the Hershey Company in Chocolate Town, USA, which is known as Hershey, Pennsylvania. He worked as the manager of the Round Barn for the Hershey Company. This position in the company provided security, stability, and sufficient income for his large family, a family of 10 kids. In 1919, the Round Barn was closed in an effort to save money, so Harry Reese found himself the father and provider of 10 with no job. Setback. Setback just happened in his life. He now has no job, has to feed 10 kids in his family with no job, no income. It's hard to imagine that this was a devastating blow to the man. It was likely the kind of sucker punch to the gut that would defeat someone. But Harry Reese chose to take this bitter reality and find a sweet solution. Because of his position as a manager of the Round Barn, he learned many valuable skills of what it took to create chocolate. Now, if we look at this story of Harry Reese in a nonchalant way, just skimming over it one ear out the other, you know, it's, you know, Connor, it's a cute story. You know, he had a comeback there. But if we look right here, it says, because of his position as manager of the Round Barn, he learned many valuable skills of what it took to create chocolate. God gave him this opportunity he took what he had, he learned the skills he could learn at the time, and now he's in a moment of need, and those very skills God enabled him to learn in that moment are now going to be used for his turnaround. See, it reminds me of when Moses is, comes up against the sea. He, they, the Israelites have just fleed uh, Egyptian bondage. They are on the run, they are being chased, and he walks up to the Red Sea, and there's no way to get through, and his enemies are closing in on him, which is a major setback. They have literally fleed from their slave owners, and now they have come up against the Red Sea. God has freed them and told them to go in this direction, and now the direction God told them to go has a sea sitting right in front of them, and they don't know what to do. And God tells Moses, what's in your hand? Stretch out your rod, split the waters, and I will make it dry ground so you can walk across. And this very water that you're walking across on dry ground will close up and destroy your enemy. I really believe that God can take the scraps and the pieces of whatever your life is in this moment and put them together for a great masterpiece. Many times we look at the, the desolation and the debris of all of the different setbacks and mishaps that we've had and we think God can never restore this again there's no hope for me but what you don't know is that as Harry Reese goes forward in this story of the Reese's uh, chocolate that he takes these skills and he finally masters the Reese's peanut butter cup Hershey buys it back from him in his moment of need and now he has a job that is still sustaining his family to this day 
God can take whatever pieces you have in this moment and put them together for a masterpiece. You don't have to have it all together in this moment. You don't have to be on top of the world in this moment. It's not in your power or in your might anyway. Lean into the hope of glory. Lean into the one who holds all hope in his hands. Lean into the only hope of the world, Jesus Christ, and allow him to pick up the pieces of your life and make a beautiful masterpiece. In 2 Samuel 14, 14, this principle is evident. This is what it says. For we will surely die and become like water spilled on the ground. But God devises a means so that all these banished pieces are not. God takes all the pieces that we feel are broken and misused and, 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 and misdone. He can bring them all together for a beautiful masterpiece. Our God is a God who longs to regather the lost. Every lost piece He can bring together. He can restore what is broken. He can renew what has been destroyed. He can reclaim what has been forfeited. So get your hopes up for a comeback. We don't serve a God who looks at us in our brokenness and in our desolation and in our time of need when we're looking up to him, he looks down on us and says, yeah, I knew you would mess up. Yep, I knew that was going to happen. Have fun picking up all the pieces of your life. No, he's a God who gets down in our mess and helps us. He puts the pieces back together. If you look in the Gospels of the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, She's in this moment of complete openness to the world. She is literally sleeping around in the community. She's caught in her, in her worst moment. In the worst moment you could ever be caught in, right in the act of committing adultery. All of the religious leaders throw her out in the street. That They're trying to accuse her. And Jesus walks up to this scene. He walks up to the scene of this woman in need. And he, he just forgets everything that's around him and he gets down on his knees in the dirt with the woman while she's in her moment of need. And all of these religious leaders are ready to stone this woman. Stone her with rocks. Throw rocks at her to the point of killing her or injuring her badly. And Jesus looks around and he says, Are any of you in the circle without sin? If you are, you can cast the first stone. If any of you guys in here have never sinned before, feel free to throw this rock at her. But if you have any fault in your life, drop the rocks. Drop the rocks. So one by one, rocks are being dropped. And Jesus looks at this woman, and, and he says, Your sins have been forgiven you. Go and sin no more. When we are in a moment of need, of brokenness, God is waiting to get down in the mess with us, kneel down and meet our need. I know you may feel broken. I know you may have made a mistake. I know you may be in a relationship right now that's being busted up. It's terrible. You don't know what to do. I know you may have a diagnosis that you don't like. It may be cancer. It may be this. It may be that. But God wants to kneel down in the mess with you and be with you. He wants to help you. And all he is waiting for you to do is to look up to him, to call out to him. And he's going to get down in the mess with you. He's not a God who is far away from us. He's Emmanuel. He's the God with us. In Job chapter 14 verse 7, it says, For there is hope for a tree if it is cut down that it will sprout again and that its tender roots will never cease. Though its roots may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground, yet at the scent of water... It will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. 
water in this text is symbolic of the Spirit of God. With God's Spirit, there is always hope. There is a river flowing through the Spirit of God that can bring the dead things in your life back to life again. That can take the seemingly bad setbacks and let them, let them be setups for your comeback. Let the Spirit of God, let the river of God wash through. That at the very scent of the Spirit of God, at the very scent of water, your life could be something that breaks forth from the ground. I, it makes me think of a plant that's just about to break through the ground, that's just about to come up to the surface and, and, and be back into life again. That's what your life could be today. You may feel like you're underground right now. You may feel like you're far away, that you're secluded, that you're isolated. But God is waiting for you to turn and answer Him. And let the water of His Spirit wash over you and let Him bring the dead things back to life again. Get your hopes up for a comeback. Believe things can change again. It's not over. If you've still got a pulse this morning and you're listening to this message, I don't believe you're listening by mishap or by happenstance. I believe you're here for a purpose and you're listening because God wants to communicate to you. Get your hopes up because a comeback is coming. Turn towards me and let me be the answer you need to allow your setback to be a setup for your comeback. Where this principle of comeback get your hopes up for a comeback is so evident is in Luke chapter 15 and this is the story of the prodigal son now I've preached on the prodigal son before I've heard stories of the prodigal son I've heard it preached many times but there are a few things I believe God has highlighted to me that are new and fresh to my spirit and I hope it ministers to you so let me give you five steps for a comeback let me give you the five steps for a comeback Luke chapter 15 verse 20 says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, when he was still a great way off, I love that, his father saw him and had compassion and ran. See, you, you can't just read the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. Let's start at the beginning. He, he arose. He's in the pig pen. This is the story of the prodigal son if you've never heard it. He's in the pig pen. He gets up. He's probably covered in slop, covered in feces, covered in all of these things. And he hops the fence. He arises and he comes to his father. He comes to his father. He has a comeback. And the Bible says when he was still a great way off. Think about, think about the most beautiful porch you've seen. in a, a long road. Going down trees, growing up on both sides of it, long road. And you're sitting on the porch as this father, and you are hoping for the comeback of your son. And he's sitting down on the porch, and all of a sudden he starts seeing something at the end of the road. Now you would think that this would be a surprise to him, but the father's expectation and the hope that things can change for his son are so high that he probably waited day and night for this son to come home. So he's sitting on the porch and he starts seeing something down at the end of the road. And it looks like he has expectation in his heart, so he believes it's his son. And I'm sure he can tell by the way he looks from a far way off that he's dirty. And so he begins probably to stand up and he's seeing his son come down the road while he was still a great way off. Then his father sees him. He knows it's him. And the Bible says that he wasn't mad at him 
that he spoiled his inheritance. He wasn't mad at him that he basically told the father, you could be dead. I just want my money and my inheritance so I can go. He doesn't think about any of that. He has compassion. He has this deep felt love to move towards action towards his son. He takes off. He runs to him. The Bible doesn't say the son ran to the father. The Bible just says the son turned back towards his father. The Bible says that the father was had so much hope and so much expectation for his son to come back that he takes off running. The son is probably walking in shame and in guilt. And, and this is what I want you to know. As a person who wants a comeback, as a person who may be far from God this morning, as a person who may have setbacks, you cannot have a comeback without the Father meeting you. You can't have a comeback without Him. Your real comeback is locked up inside your relationship with Jesus Christ. Without Him, there is no true comeback. Without Him, there is no true hope. And so, the Son is walking in in shame, and the Father takes off running towards Him, and He meets Him, and He falls on Him. And begins to kiss him. This is what I want you to know. You need to let the Father's love fall on you today. You may feel guilty. You may feel down. You may feel depressed this morning. You may even feel suicidal today. But you need to let the Father's love fall on you. Turn your gaze back towards Him. Begin to move in His direction. And He's going to come running after you so that His love can get you swept up in this, in this grace and in this favor and in this uh, all of the things He wants to do in your life. His love fell on Him. Let me tell you something. God wants to let something fall on you this morning. He wants to he wants to endue you with the power of his holy spirit. He wants to let his love fall on you. He wants to let his grace empower you to live a life of holiness. God sees you from a far way off when you turn towards him and he runs towards compassion at you. So here are the five steps for a comeback. There are five steps locked up in this story that I want to talk to you about practically so you can have a comeback in your life. One the son, the son Turn towards his comeback. The son turned towards his comeback. For us to experience a comeback, we've got to turn our perspective and our focus back to hope. We must move in the direction of hope, the belief that God can change our lives. This son was in the pit of despair and he thought to himself, he had a revelation. Surely my father would take me back. And even if I'm a slave in my father's house, I'm going back to him because I know he cares for me. I know he'll feed me. I know he'll clothe me. Number two, the number two step for a comeback, his father saw him. God is waiting for you to turn back. God is not far off. He sees where we are and he longs for us to come back. The Bible calls Jesus Emmanuel, the God with us. He's El Roi, the God who sees he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He has a name for every need you have, as our lead pastor says. Every need you have is locked up within the names of God. Number three, he had compassion. God has a deep felt love for you that moves him to action on your behalf. If you don't think God loves you enough to move on your behalf, he sent his only son to die for you and I. He, Jesus was the personification of God in the flesh. He died for you and I so that we could be back in relationship with Him. He has compassion on you. Four, His love fell on Him. 
Let God's love fall on you. Without being fueled in the love of God, you'll never experience a true comeback. It is by His love that I'm able to live in holiness. It is by His love that I'm able to be endued with power by the Holy Spirit. It's by His love that I'm even able to receive the gifts and blessings of God. It's by His love that I know I'm His Son. And number five, He accepted the acceptance. Walk in the sonship in the daughterhood that God has given us to live a life of victory. You are a son or a daughter of God today. If you've accepted him, you're a son or daughter of God. And today you're going to have the opportunity to turn your perspective back towards him and allow him to intervene in your life. Get your hopes up. Our God is the king of the comeback. He's the orchestrator of redemption. He is the hope of glory. He is the risen son. He is our father. He is our provision, our protection, our sustainer, and our restorer. And through him, he has now seated us in heavenly places. See, when we are walking in the power of God, the comeback is just a part of our life. That's my story. That's my story. My story and your story is the story of the comeback. I was lost in sin. I was hooked on things that I never thought I would become free from. I was addicted to things that I never thought I would overcome. But by God's grace, He allowed my setback to be a setup for a comeback. And He can do the same for you today. Let the culture of heaven invade your life. Let the river of the Spirit of God flow into your world. Let your life be the story of the comeback because you have the opportunity today to know the King of the comeback. The one who died for you and me. The one who rose on the third day. And the one who brought death to death and now eternally reigns today will you turn towards your comeback today will you let his love fall on you today will you get your hopes up again for a comeback in your life let's pray God we come to you today we are so thankful for your mercy and your grace we're so thankful for who you are we're so thankful for what you're doing in our lives today if you're listening to this message, I want you to know that there's hope for your comeback. There's a number coming up on your screen right now that you can text to. And a pastor on our staff would love to have a conversation with you. And love for you to take these steps out in following God. That today you can come to know the Father that loves you. Text that number on your screen below. And we're going to pray together for your salvation, for your re rededication, and for your healing today in your heart. Text that number below and let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We're so thankful that you are the king of the comeback. That our setbacks are only setups for our comeback. And I pray today that we'll turn towards you. That we'll love you with our whole heart. That you are not only our Savior, but our Lord and our Master. God, we repent of things we've done. We repent of our old ways and now we turn towards you. Let us experience your love today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. I'm so thankful for the power of God. I'm so thankful today that you watched with us online. And I pray today that you would get your hopes up for a comeback. God bless you.